Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. I, I feel so honored and privileged when we get to hear different voices in our community, in our church body. Um, it's really important to kind of hear different perspectives, hear different stories, um, you know, different from just Dan and I. So I feel real blessed when um, someone else gets to talk and, and share. So this is Arlene. And um, when I was thinking about Arlene this morning and thinking about introducing her, I was thinking, um, so she has a gardening business. Is that what you would call it? Or landscaping? Yeah. Gardening? Gardening. gardening. Yep. Okay. And she is this master gardener, can create beautiful arrangements and things like that. And I was thinking, you know, I think to me, that kind of represents who Arlene is to me and her spiritual life. Um, Arlene has, you know, been following Jesus for a very long time. I've heard her story. I've heard how she came to know him and how he's uh, just changed her life. Um, and I think over the years, she's cultivated this beautiful spiritual life. You know, she she looks at it and she says, oh yeah, this is how I want to follow Jesus. I'm going to put that in there. And that blesses other people and just gives life, you know, this arrangement and that arrangement. Um, but she's also careful to know like when something needs to be weeded out, when something is no longer serving Jesus really well, you know, and it's like, oh that, yeah, that root in my heart needs to be pulled out. Or that thing Jesus is working on and he's pulling that out too. So I just feel blessed because she, she's just an array of um, Holy Spirit energy. So I am thankful she gets to share with us this morning, and I'm going to pray for her real quick, and then she Everybody will share. Everybody pray. Be better for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> she's funny, too. Um, Jesus, we just, we thank you for Arlene. We're thankful for her presence this morning. We're thankful that... Um, she just gets to share what's on her heart, and we pray that you come and you, um, you be with her. Your Holy Spirit just rest on her now, and you help her speak the words that are on your heart this morning, Jesus, that are going to bless us in return. And I'm, I'm thankful for all the things that you've done in her life, where you're continuing to work and where you're going to continue um, to shine through her. So... We just bless her this morning, and we thank you, Jesus, for this time. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. She already preached my sermon. I was like, oh, that was some good ideas there. So um, I'll tell you a couple things. I haven't shared like this in a long time, and I have not shared since I need reading glasses. So this is a little bit of a thing for me right now, That so just bear with me. There probably will be some awkward, and that's okay. Okay, so one thing I wanted to also mention after the service, on the third Sunday of the month, we do discuss dreams from God. If you have dreams that you don't understand, you think that they're significant and you can't shake them and think maybe God gave you a dream, it's very possible that God gave you a dream. And we get together and talk about them. We remember each other's dreams and help, help each other interpret. So it's not just, I don't mean like life dreams, although your night dreams can be related to those. Um, but it's great. We've seen people really grow in it and teach others and just get to know God better, which is always the point. So I want to tell you that. And then I was going to tell you a little bit more as, as far as introduction goes. Um, I've been married 32 years um, to Chris Brown, the original Chris Brown, and he 
says hello, sends his greetings, and um, prayed for you guys this morning. And we have three children. They're all adults. Um, they're all right. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> everybody always says, I have three amazing children. No, we do have three amazing children. Um, our son, Levi, our daughter, Erin, and our youngest, Jeremy. Um, so I just want to tell you a little bit about me um, personally. Um, and then I'm going to pray, too. Because this is one of my favorite prayers. It's from Ephesians. So I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That's got all the zing, bang, wing that I like about God in it. So I'll tell you, I'm just going to tell you my testimony, my story. So I grew up in a sort of nominally Catholic family, and then we got a little bit more observant as I grew up. But I, I love the Catholic Church. I, I love the Catholic faith because they believe in miracles, they believe in healing, and I'm all on board for that. And I was kind of a weird little girl. I liked the stories from the old country. My dad was Polish, and he told me a story once about a great aunt who had seen heaven open, like just had a vision, and she saw heaven open. I was like, that is awesome. I totally believe that. I still, when I'm driving down the highway, anybody who knows me knows, when I'm driving down the highway and I live in the country, come on, and I'm, I'm watching for heaven to open because I'm like, I want to see that. And so this is how God makes fun of me and teases me. I use the Nikki Gumbel app. I don't know if you, you guys know who Nikki Gumbel is. He teaches Alpha. Okay, so he has a really good Bible app. If you want to read the Bible in a year, he does a little commentary, a little devotional. It's great. So look at the, the Bible app for today. It was Jesus talking to Nathaniel. And Jesus is like, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You're going to see greater things than that. Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. I was like, you will see heaven open? See, this is exactly like what I'm talking about. And God's like, I got you. You're going to see heaven open. So I don't know what that means, but I still am waiting for that. I will let you know when that happens. Okay, um, and then one, another sort of a weird thing. I don't know how I heard about Enoch. Do you guys know who Enoch is in the Bible? He lived a super long time, walked with God, and then he was no more. Okay, I don't know how I heard about him, especially as a mostly unchurched Catholic little girl. I asked my mom about him. I said, how did that happen? How did he, what was the deal with that? Because some part of me wanted to walk with God. Like, how do you do that? And so my mom, sorry, mom, but she told me, well, he didn't sin. So that's actually not right, <laughs> not really true. But I was like, oh, okay. So I walked away from my mom like, well, I know I've sinned, so that I, that's not going to happen for me. I'm not going to get scooped up. Oh, well. So this is, this is the type of child that I was. And um, then on top of that, I have a godmother who meant very well, and she gave me, she gave me a great Bible. Um, I didn't know how to read it, so when I was reading, I would start reading the Gospels. I'm like, I've read this story before, and I was trying to read it linearly like it was one story. I didn't know that it was... The same story is told a bunch of times. So that was okay. But the other thing she did was she gave me a stack of Bible tracks, like about this big with a rubber band around them. Terrifying Bible tracks. Um, I'm not even going to say who wrote them. I, you might be familiar with them, but they're comic books. So I thought, these are great. I love comic books. I love you know Archie and Veronica. These comic books, though, <laughs> were stories like, you know, they show people out partying, but then somebody's car gets stuck on the train tracks, and then they go to hell. I mean, they literally, he has people in hell, and then um, the bad friend that said, you know, let's go out drinking, pulls his face off, and he's actually a demon. I mean, this is, and I'm a child reading these, 
So I was like, oh, okay. And I mean, just every single one of them had a fear appeal like that. And at the end of every one of those, it would say, do you, do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes or no? And there was a check a box, check yes or check no. And I was like, I choose not to answer. because I, I didn't even know. It was so stressful to me, and I was a little bit of an anxious kid anyway. So if you would have asked me at the time, I'm going to toss it down there, what's the gospel? I would have said, well, the world is a super scary place, and you can be easily duped. Um, better check the right box, or you'll end up forever separated from God, and Jesus won't help you in any way. It's your choice. It's on you. That, that was what these, these uh, tracks read to me. No offense if you love those tracks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, the sad thing to me was that there was nothing about the goodness of God or the love of God. It was just like, get this straight, pray this prayer. And I wanted to belong, and I wanted to believe, and I wanted to be chosen. That, that's all I knew when I was a little girl. Um, one other story. <laughs> I love this story. I, we would get babysat by some relatives across town, and... Um, you know, their house was pretty cluttered. They had a lot of kids in a very small house. So, you know, we would go in the summertime. And my bedroom at home was almost always very, very cluttered, also very messy. But at one point, I cleaned my room. It was just an anomaly. My room was clean. So I went to be babysat, and I could not find my shoes at their house. I just could not find them. And so I had to leave their house with barefoot, which I was not happy about, very upset about. But when I came home, my perfectly clean room is like, oh. And there are my shoes right there by the closet. And I, I was like, are you, this is amazing. This is God. God, this is for me. I literally got on my knees and I was like, God, I don't even, I mean, I even didn't know what to say to God, but I was so thrilled that he had done this miracle for me with my shoes. But then I realized I had worn different shoes. <laughs> so that was, wasn't really a miracle. But I still, even part of me was just like, it doesn't matter. It was well, I don't know, but anyway, so, but that's the kind of kid I was. I mean, he just wired me for miracles and to believe that he'll do them. Um, and I just, but for me, I just didn't know how to make the connection that he wasn't mad at me or disappointed with me. Um, and then I'll just fast forward through just how I actually got saved. So I, I had a lot of really um, abuse and neglect in my younger life, um, stuff that happened really within and outside my family. Um, and my dad ended up disowning me in my teenage years, which was super painful, and it, it was something I always tried to repair, and I just, I just couldn't do it. And by the time I got to my last year at Purdue University, um, I was tired, I was depressed, and anxious. Um, I started going to 12-step meetings, and they helped a little bit. I mean, they, they kind of stirred a little bit in me, but I mean, I just wasn't getting traction. I'm not against them. It just, for me, it didn't, it didn't, it wasn't hitting me the way it seemed to be hitting the other people there. And I, thought, I felt like I was trying. So I was at a bar, probably uh, the malt shop, right? Right? Chocolate, cho chocolate shop? Chocolate shop. Chocolate shop. <clears throat> OK, so I was at a bar, and I talked to some friends that I knew from freshman year. And I said, what's going on um, with Braden, this guy that I knew freshman year? And they said, he's a Bible thumper. I was, I was like, really? OK, so I want to tell him I want to talk to him. And the reason why I wanted to talk to him was because I knew good people. I knew, I knew Christians. I, I assumed they were Christians, and I always felt dirty around them and not like I didn't really fit in, whether they were nice to me or not. Most, they were mostly nice to me, but I didn't know anybody. And I knew bad people, like me, like my family, but I didn't know anybody who had been bad but became good, like they crossed over. I didn't know anybody like that, and so I, I, just, I knew for sure he was bad like me. 
So I wanted to talk to him. So um, there was no cell phones. Not, you know, we had corded phones. So he would go to my apartment and write on my mail, I was here, you know, and then if I missed him. And I finally connected with him. And this was April 3rd, 1987. And um, I had to go to some jazz concert because for extra credit because I needed it in a class. So I came home late. I was tired. I was going to tell him don't come. But it was too late. He was, he was coming. So he knocked on the door. And he had been a skateboarder. You know, he had the flat top hair and everything. And so when I opened the door, and he looked like Jesus with a flat top hair. Like he just had the loving eyes. And I was like, wow, OK. This is interesting. So he came in. And we sat down on the floor um, or drinking coffee. And I said, what, what happened to you? I want to know, like, what happened? So he told me, OK. And he was completely unchurched. He had never, ever been to church his entire life. He said, okay, you know how when you watch a movie and they go on some adventure, but then it turns out to be a dream, but then there's something from the adventure in the room? You know, there's something real about the adventure? I said, yeah. He said, that's sort of like what happened to me. He was doing drugs, and he sat on God's lap and asked him questions. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And so that part of me, like when I was a little girl, I'm like, I completely accept this. I had absolutely no problem with what he was telling me. And he said that, um, I mean, even the things God said, you know, once I knew the Bible, I was like, that sounds like God. Because God asked him, why do you think I made all this? And he said, I don't know. He said, because I love you. I mean, it was just to nothing, nothing really non-biblical. And he also saw the devil, and he saw God in a, sort of a tightrope between them, and he was sort of in the middle. And he said the devil was hideous and gross, and God was like, I got you. And so he said, God, if you want me, you can have me. And he flew into God's heart. So that was this spiritual experience he had. So he was an artist when he went back to the art school. A Christian that he knew there walked right up to him and said, Braden, do you want to know Jesus? And he's like, yeah. And he kneeled on the, on the floor, and he got saved. And I was like, that's a great story. I said, I'm go like this. Start off the day praying, end up the day swearing. You know, it's like, it's okay. It's fine. You know, and I was looking at my coffee. I drank most of my coffee. He, he was just sipping his, and I felt defensive about that. Um, so he asked me, um, do you want to pray? And I thought, sure, you know, I'll pray. I'll pray in my mind, and nothing will happen. But you know, I'll pray when you leave. And he's like, no, let's pray out loud. And so what happened was I, I realized this person really does know God. Like, he knows God the Father, so who I did feel disowned by, even though God never disowned me, just my own dad did. Um, but there was, it felt so parallel to me. Um, so when he prayed with me, I could tell God what I was just going to tell him when I died. Like, I'm so sorry. I know I'm supposed to do more with my life. Um, you know, forgive me. And I got to pray that prayer. And I just cried and cried and cried. And, um, you know, when I was done crying, if you looked at pictures of me, I mean, I looked, yeah, I guess I was 21. I probably looked 12 years old. If you look at the pictures of my graduation from Purdue, just all the sin just came off me. And uh, my brother, one of my brothers, my brother, one of my brothers went to Purdue with me. He had a frat brother that said, this is the first time I've ever seen you look happy. And he was a Jewish guy, which was really neat to me. And um, then when I went to, I went back to the 12-step meeting one time, and one of the ladies there was an alcoholic and the child of an alcoholic. And she stood up. Well, I was just going to clean out this meeting. I was like, you guys, you don't have to do 12 steps. You know, I was super ignorant. <laughs> I was like, you just give it all to Jesus. You know, I thought they'd all be like, OK. You know, <laughs> I didn't really know how it worked. Um, but, you know, I just talked for a little, while, a little while about what happened, and Braden was like, we got this. You know, we were both super ignorant. And oops, I think I get cut out. Um, she stood up and pointed at me, and she said, what is your name? You look different. And when I would talk to her alone, which I was only there for about four weeks before I left school, 
she would cry, like the Holy Spirit would just fall on her. Um, she never, I mean, I don't know where she stood with God, but there was something needle happening there. And so to me, when God shows up, it's going to be like you're going to change. Something's going to happen. You know, it's going to be amazing. Um, you'll never be the same. People will be able to tell. But that was only my experience. So the man I was dating at the time is the man I'm married to now, and his experience was completely different. You know, he, he's quiet. He sort of touched his toe in the water. He was reading a book on evil. Jesus delivered him from some scary dreams. You know, completely different than me, and I needed that. I needed to see that everybody experiences God differently. You know, that my experience, even though it was pretty dramatic, um, doesn't negate his, you know, that his, he's a different person. I mean, that, that took us a long time to do, but, you know, now we're married 32 years, and <laughs> we kind of, like, understand that we're different, but God's the same. So, okay, so I want to tell you about that. And so, yeah, so for me, um, I was free to be loved and not worry about God changing his mind um, about me. Um, that, that took me a long time. I, I had to go through a lot of healing for that, and I was discipled by some harsh people, um, along the way, and I think that happens if you're, that's what you're used to, then that's sort of what you're drawn to. So it, it takes a while to be drawn to, to what's healthier, um, you know, and, and we're all on that journey. So I try to have grace for people. Everybody is on their way. You know, it's, it just is what it is, and it's okay. I mean, give them grace, and people will give you grace too, because we all need it. So surrendering and being honest with God was the way in for me, and it's always been the way on. And where I once used to hide my weakness and failure, now I focus on it fearlessly. And with God's help, I experience Jesus' love even more, even in the places where I, I need him the most. So everything I feared, Jesus defeated, and he's so worthy. I just want to tell you, he's so worthy of our love and worship. Um, so I know we were in Galatians, and I do want to at least reference it. Um, I'm not going to teach out of Galatians. I did study it and do a little bit of research into it. The only part I'm going to reference is uh, verse 26 out of Galatians 3, which is what we were on. So Paul, Paul, because Paul, I could give you the background, which is fascinating, but I, I, we, I don't think we have time. Oh, I was going to ask somebody to tell me, tell me when I'm, okay, when I'm out of time. Okay, so verse 26 is, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. So that means you have an inheritance. I mean, it's kind of neat to know that. You, you do have an inheritance, and it's the same one that Abraham had. And Abraham went through a lot more than we ever will, but we get what he got. That's uh, Bob Jones, the old prophet, used to say that pays the same. <laughs> like if you stand up or sit down, pays the same as long as you, if you believe the Lord. So the takeaway is we're all his children, and there's no pecking order or favoritism with God. If you believe, you belong. So isn't that good? God, tell me that. Oh, so and what do we believe? So Paul said this, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. It was from the previous chapter of Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. He wasn't crucified instead of me. I was crucified with him, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm dead to sin and alive to God. That's Romans 6.11. So far, so good. So what does alive to God mean? And what does God want? And what is he like? He is like Jesus, because Jesus is God. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I think I, I had a father obsession just because my relationship with my dad 
Who says earthly except Christians, by the way? I mean, I don't think any regular people use the word earthly. My earthly, my earthly dad. But, um, you know, that was a, a really hard relationship for, for me. I was, I was obsessed with my dad. And he, he actually died very young. He died when he was 54, and I was 27. Um, and I'll tell you another fun thing to do if, if you don't do this. But um, my dad was 27 when I was born, and I was 27 when he died. And so I always look at... Um, I look in the Bible, like Psalm 27 is super meaningful to me, and God speaks to me through it. Or look up your birthday in the Bible. Just do Bible, um, you know, colon, and then put in your birth number. So, like, I'm September 6, 9, 6. You know, that's uh, Isaiah. The government will be on his shoulders. Unto us a son is given, um, or a son is born. Um, God will speak to you in the Bible, like, just through fun stuff like that. Just look it up, and he'll, he just, it's fun. It's like a treasure hunt that you can go on. Um, so why did I even say that? I don't remember, but <laughs> that might happen <laughs> while I'm talking. Um, but uh, in fact, that's what I was going to tell you, but it, I love it that Liz already said it. This is not a didactic teaching of any kind. It's more like walking through the garden, and I'm super ADHD, so we'll just, I'll just be pointing at things and then noticing, and they're like, isn't that beautiful? And I love that so much, and then we'll just keep moving. So just should have said that at the beginning, but you'll probably notice. So, Okay. So I'm obsessed with the Father, was my point. And um, I love it that Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You don't have to be afraid that the Father is different than Jesus. He's not. Um, God is one. So what Jesus did for us, the Father did for us. So for me, it was sin that kept me away from the Father. I felt shame about my sin. I didn't know how to reconnect with God. Um, and how could I know for sure that God believed me and knew I was sincere? What if I didn't remain connected to God? I was pretty sure I couldn't, so I drifted. And that's where the gospel comes in. Not just the gospel of salvation, you know, like the tracks um, for forgiveness of sins, although it's that, but the gospel of the kingdom, um, where there's a new king and a new kingdom. Like, that's what the word gospel means. Like, when uh, gospel isn't a Christian term, it's actually a term that Rome used, you know, gospel is there's a new king, there's a new kingdom. So, but the new king is Jesus. Forever and ever, amen. Um, so Jesus is the forever reigning king. And, and this is what he's like, and this is what he did. Who for the joy set before him, despised the shame, he set his face like flint. I was taught out of the King James when I first got saved. Um, so just think for you little leaguers like Abraham Lincoln on a penny, you know, just like, I'm going. Like nobody could stop him. I'm not turning. I'm going to Jerusalem. To be lied about, misunderstood, accused, marginalized, flogged, beaten, mocked, spat on, kept up all night, forced to carry a cross until he collapsed and then crucified, along with other criminals. So justice served, right? Logically, he had a trial. He chose not to defend himself, and he was executed, tortured and executed for the joy. Jesus took on every visceral fear we have as frail, confused, rebellious human beings. He made sure that he took it all down to the grave so when he rose again, we would be dead to sin and alive to God. So does it, I hope this helps you see the Father's heart for you. Remember what Jesus said in 1516. This is also my tattoo. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Because that was always something, that was one of the things that my dad would say to me, like, don't bury your talents. But I heard that as, you know, with a lot of anxiety, like, I'm probably going to bury my talents. <laughs> you know? I don't, know, I don't know what you mean. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, so I really I always worried about that. I worried about fruitfulness. Like, how do, you, how do you do that? And it's hilarious that God made me a gardener because now I know. And now I notice 
all the all the stories in the uh, in the Bible that are gardening stories, not just the Garden of Eden, but just even in the New Testament. But um, there's one where a guy says, "This tree hasn't borne any fruit. Cut it down." <laughs> what? And the guy, the gardener guy, says, "Let me just dig around it and put some fertilizer. Give me one year." And I was like, "That's an intercessor." <laughs> I was like, "I know this person is is useless right now, but just let me, you know, let me just help them out a little bit and let's just see." Because when if you dig around a tree, it stimulates the roots, and sometimes that's what people need. You know, they need that. Um, but yeah, kind of scary. So, all right. So, um, okay, and I also want to tell you this about the Bible. Please read your Bible as much as you can. Get your Bible into you. Um, even what Paul was talking about, you know, the stakes were high for the Galatians because if you were Jewish, you, you had a, um, what are they, like a, uh, it was like a cover. It was like a get-out-of-jail-free card. If you were Jewish, they had negotiated with Caesar that they wouldn't be, they weren't, uh, required to uh, worship Caesar, if you were Jewish, because they said, we'll offer sacrifices for you. And the guy said, okay. So if you were Jewish. So these Christians that were in Galatia, they were not considered, I mean, these Jewish people are like, you need to be a Jew first. So they were actually risking their lives to say, no, I'm not going to become a Jew. I'm going to be a Christian. So the stakes were high for them. I mean, it would be easier to just do what the those rabbis there were telling them to do. Um, so why am I telling you that? I don't remember, but I wanted to tell you that. Oh, okay. So yeah, so there's things that, that we don't understand. So read your Bible. It, it is important. Um, and this is what I do, because like I said, you could tell I flit around a lot. Do whatever you have to do to get it into you so that you, you know Jesus, so you know the truth. And not just that, because knowledge just puffs up. Love builds up. So that, that's what we want to do. You don't want to just know stuff. I mean, it's easy to just learn and learn and learn and learn all kinds of things, but, you know, really letting God put his word into you so that it's in there. So I, I use this Nikki Gumbel app. I listen to podcasts. I listen to a podcast called Bema, which is a Messianic Jewish guy teaching stuff I've never heard in 34 years in the church. Just, it is so amazing, and it'll help you understand the Bible better. It'll help you understand the narrative arc of the Bible even better. Um, so I just do whatever you got to do just to get the Bible into you. And like I said, I've been saved a long time. There's still a lot of things that I don't understand. And if you don't understand the Bible, you're not alone. So now I'm going to read you Luke 18, 31 and 34. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we're going up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written in the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him insult him and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. So you know what the very next verse says? It says, the disciples did not understand any of this. <laughs> its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. But that is as plain as it can be, and they did not understand it. They did not understand what he was talking about. Um, so <laughs> I was just joking about it. He was like, come on, you guys, come here. I'm about to be killed. I don't want you to be caught by surprise. I'm about to be killed. This is what's going to happen. But he was using the third person, so maybe that was confusing. Instead of saying, I am, I am going to be killed, he said, the Son of Man is going to be killed. So that's a little bit confusing. But maybe he had to be careful saying, I am, because whenever he said, I am, stuff would happen. Like in Gethsemane, when Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests, they were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. So they were totally loaded up, ready to do battle if they had to, and when they 
asked, um, who is it you want? They said, Jesus. And he said, I am. And do you know what happened to them? They drew, it says they drew back and fell to the ground. So I always pictured this. <gasps> but that's not what happened. It slammed down because he was saying, I am. He was saying, it was the voice of God, I am. He wasn't saying, it's me or it's Jesus. He, he was speaking the name of God, I am, to them. And they just, it was like nuclear. Boom. Like they were slain in the spirit with lanterns, swords. I mean, that wasn't easy. If you fall with a sword, I mean, that's probably got hurt, you know, probably. And torches and lanterns, you could have started a fire. So, so read the Bible carefully, too. Like, read it. It's a real story. This is just like reading a magazine. This is just like reading about, did you guys hear about that family that got caught in that horrible storm last week and they had to be rescued, that car? That, that really did happen. They had to be they were almost submerged in their car during that storm. That's what the Bible's like. Did you know when they came for Jesus that that entire contingent of soldiers like fell down? They fell back. That really did happen. Like you got to read the Bible just like you read a newspaper or a magazine. This is true. This happened. And these are real people that this happened to. So you can empathize with them. You can even empathize with Jesus. What was that like for him? You know, he was fully human. That's why he can empathize with us as our great high priest. Um, so for the joy, he let them take him and do what they came there to do. So what about you? What is it, or who is it you want? So here, I'm gonna tell you seven times that Jesus said I am, and each of these speaks to our needs and our fears as humans. So listen with your heart, because I'm telling you, like when I come to church, I expect to encounter God. That's why I love church. Like when I, I'm around the body, I feel better. If I work with Christians and they help me with my gardening business, I feel physically stronger. Like there's power when we're together because he's here among us. Um, so I want you to listen. Holy Spirit, I pray just let us listen vulnerably with our hearts right now. So how you want to minister to us today. I don't want you to leave without being ministered to by Jesus today. Okay, are you hungry? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Boom. Are you afraid of darkness? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Do you have decisions to make? Jesus says, I am the door. Do you sometimes wander off or feel lost? Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I'll leave the 99 and come and get you. Are you afraid to die? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Are you unsure of where to go next in life? Is your whole life ahead of you or are you on your last lap? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you long for connection? Are you ready to branch out? Jesus says, I am the vine. Okay, so um, I just want, I'm, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, well, I, I guess I was going to tell you this, but am I out of time? Oh, good, perfect. Okay, <laughs> okay. so um, we did ask for the Holy Spirit to give you that spirit of wisdom and revelation, so I want to do that, and then I'm just going to ask him that he'll make your heart burn, like on the road to Emmaus. If you have not read that lately, go to the last chapter of Luke and uh, it was probably Cleopas and his wife that were walking. They never mentioned the, the wife, but whatever. That's who he hung out with in the scripture. So, um, so they're walking along, and um, Jesus just shows up and asks them, like, what are you doing? Like, what's up? What's going on? And they're like, have you, like, not been around here? Have you not heard? Have you not heard about the things that have happened in Jerusalem? And Jesus says to him, what things? <laughs> so I love that. I think about that all the time. How did he say that? What things? What things? I want a t-shirt. What things? things happened. And so then he, they had to tell him, well, this Jesus of Nazareth, like he was a prophet. He was supposed to bring it all, but then he died. It was terrible. And then he, um, 
he explains the entire, like that's, that's a sermon I would love to hear. He explains everything about him, and their hearts burn. And then he disappears. Actually, he acts like he's going to keep walking, which I love. He did that when he's walking on the water, too. He acts like he's walking right by him. Um, they're like, hey, wait. Um, oh, and now I'm getting text. Great. Um, but anyway, let your heart burn and let God come. So I, it, which, whichever, I, I'm, I'm going to pray that you guys will be ministered to. So whichever one, I, I'm going to ask you to stand up. We can minister right now, right? Or how do you want to do it? Oh, okay, we're going to, please do not leave before you get ministry, because we'll just stand up and we can do it from your seat. But don't leave. I can feel him here. Don't leave. Don't leave. Let him, let him meet that need. Just meet him in a new way. You know, Tom, I want to know you in a new way. Uh, and I'm out of time, time, right? Okay, thank you for your rapt attention. I appreciate you. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.